0: what's up everybody i'm joe winters jr the founder of daily path academy and your host of daily path podcast welcome back to the show and thank you for joining me this morning quick reminder if you're a speaker coach or business owner who wants to build a top-rated podcast that's changing lives around the world while generating recurring revenue i'd love to be the one to help you with that you can visit my website junior.com to book free discovery call with me today now today's podcast episode i am joined by a guest ron gilliland he is the owner of conscious profit um, Institute. And today we're going to be talking about growing the good for a more conscious and caring world. Ron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you as well. I'm glad to hear that you're doing great. And I want to first start by saying thank you for joining me on Daily Path Podcast with the amazing work that you're doing. And My pleasure. Uh, no, definitely. So um, I, I figured we could start by you telling us what and why you do what you do um, at Conscious Profit Institute.
1: Yeah, Joe, um, several years ago, I retired uh, at 62. And after about four months of catching up on sleep, I realized there's still so much I want to do in the world. And I realized I couldn't do it alone. So I came up with an idea uh, to create a network of uh, heart-centered uh, folks who subject matter experts who are out to grow the good in the world mm. uh, through their own passion projects, mm. uh, serving their own audiences. Mm. So it creates a, a network that can be very focused mm. um, and uh, uh, can uh, give also, I, I realize there are a lot of coaches who, are spending a great deal of their time doing other than work, other than coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Who want to spend more time? Who also have these heart passion projects? And it's really tough for uh, folks like us to uh, either we either we don't have a pocket deep enough to get the uh, to get the services we need to turn that right. into something, right. or we feel like we have to um, sort of a, a we have to turn over. A whole bunch of money to quit our day jobs and develop something so uh, I decided to actually make Conscious Profit Institute an online school Mm. growing the good uh, through coaching programs yes and also through coursework so that these folks can have a more one-to-many impact rather than just a one-on-one impact Mm. and then I realized that well this business model is kind of shaped after the gallery that I had for about 20 years where I would pay a lot of the upfront and I'm not trying to plug the business here. I'm just saying that- <laughs> Please <laughs> do plug, plug, plug. All uh, right, well, thank you, sir. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I would throw the wine and cheese reception and and have the musician there and all that. And then when the artist sold a painting, I would take a commission and I thought, well, darned, it's kind of the same approach I want to take now um, and today, with all of the technology we have, we're able to automate a lot of things, personalize a lot of experiences. Um, so, I'm blending business coaching along with uh, marketing uh, and and uh, helping helping coaches, mostly coaches, but I'll, I'll, anyone who has a heart, passion, project that wants to get their message out globally, um, mm-hmm. I would, I'd love to work with consider having as faculty members so um but the thing that really tipped the scales for me joe is i was watching a news report um about four years ago on the spread of hate groups across the Mm. planet and uh you know i grew up um in a kinder gentler little small town in Northern California. And one of the first books I read was Maya Angelou's uh, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. And I was incredibly moved by that at age 14. And then around 16, I read uh, the book Night, uh, talking about uh, the, the suffering in the uh, concentration camps during the Holocaust. And both of those stories moved me really deeply. They struck a very deep chord within me um, okay. to where uh, i just want, if I could create a political party, it would be called the respect party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I think that's what people are really craving. And uh, so hearing about that and then also hearing and then going to Hawaii and seeing it, that we have so many blasts, so much plastic now mm-hmm. in our environment that you, you, you'd be at these beautiful beaches, in Hawaii and there, there's plastic up around the rim of all these beaches. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about the young people. Uh, when I was 18 years old and newly graduated from high school, I had just uh, escaped the Vietnam War being drafted to that and, uh, you know, we were out of that conflict and I uh, I was looking ahead to a pretty bright future, but I'm thinking, what, what's it like today Mm. to be an 18 year old, to be told that within 30 years, um, you know, the oceans may be too toxic to support life, um, Mm. et cetera. There are lots of very, very dire projections and predictions. And, uh, you know, I'm not a scientist, um, but I believe in science. I grew up respecting and believing in science and, uh, uh, I'm like, we, we owe it to future generations. You know, the, 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 the jig is up folks, mm. the time needs to happen. Now, it, this is urgent. Right. And, uh, you know, it's absolutely not sustainable for mm. our planet and our, and our species, mm. um, to, uh, allow, of uh, the, the hatred and the division that's spreading around the globe. And, uh, and the, uh, the, uh, the destruction of our environment. Uh, the, the, we just can't allow that. Mm. So by having uh, faculty members who specialize, whether they're like have one faculty member who uh, uh, helps uh, their clients um, uh, have peace with money because so mm. many problems in the world, right? Are right. around people not having peace she works with people who have lots and lots of money and people who have very little money. And Mm. she said, at each, both ends of the spectrum, uh, they are, they are suffering because Mm. either they're afraid they're never going to get it or they're afraid they might lose it. Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. And uh, also I work with personal trainers who are uh, one personal trainer in Seattle who is focusing on uh, type two diabetes, diabetics, and helping them overcome uh, their blood sugar challenges through fitness and nutrition. Mm. Um, and he has a, a very effective program through that. So, and I'm, I'm working most as a faculty member myself, working with uh, folks who are uh, in their careers and wanting to get the recognition and opportunity that they deserve. Mm. So there are many, many, many ways to grow the good in the world. And we can most effectively do that if we know who it is we're here to serve.
0: Mm. Um, I agree
1: yeah i know i I hear you talk about servant leadership and uh, other podcasts that i've been enjoying listening to you had a woman on about uh, conscious leadership that i listened to that podcast yesterday and it was really helpful and interesting for me and hearing about that servant leadership approach um yeah so that's that's a kind of a a broad based uh, or broad stroke overview of conscious Profit institute and what we're up to
0: Mm-hmm. Thank, you for, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that very powerful stuff. You, you, said, uh, you said a lot in there I wish we could address within this interview, but there's two things I, I, I wanted to point our attention to really fast before we continue. The first one, um, well, first, I want to I start by kind of setting it up this way. Um, one thing that John Maxwell said was anytime you want to know the road ahead, ask someone coming back. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, one of the things you mentioned um, is that you retired about two years ago. And after about four months of getting sleep, catching up on sleep, you realized that, you know, you wanted to get back in the world and, and, and do more. Right. And right. And and so I believe a lot of young entrepreneurs, young leaders um, like myself and others have this idea of, you know, once I achieve all the things, you know, mm-hmm. I can retire and I could just sleep. And, you know, like, I think a lot of people kind of fantasize on, you know, when I get their life's going to be you know, just great. And I'm sure it probably is that way for some, but the mm. thing that I wanted to ask is what were some things that, um, you realized about just simply sleeping, I guess, that kind of inspired you to get back out there? Does it is, does that question land?
1: I mean in terms of self-care maybe?
0: Yeah, well, so, so self-care one, yes, but then I also want to talk about the other side of the coin, which is, you know, remaining productive, right? Like one thing that I, I once heard was um, the moment that we actually stop living, we start dying, and, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, you know, to have decided, you know what? I'm just going to sleep and I don't have to work no more because you're very successful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have very well been that individual, but you chose to, you know, get back in and, and, and do the things that you're doing now. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit, both the good. Absolutely. And the
1: good. Absolutely. Jay, you know, I, uh, I, I like to sleep. Um, although I have a history of insomnia because there's just so much more stuff I'd rather be doing. <laughs> um, I love, I love the effects of sleeping, but uh, you know, I, I believe in self-care. However um, I, I, I can't go to sleep mm. in, uh, in, in the big way right now, when the world needs so much right um, and I believe depending upon every everyone I believe has their own unique essence mm. uh, and my my essence thrives on uh, looking for better ways um, and uh, so I'm really living. In alignment with my values, and so I think that's it. It's like what what are the things that really matter to you, um, mm. and and there are many ways to participate in the world. Some of them bring us money, um, and some of them don't. Right. Uh, my sister is a, a giant fan of her three granddaughters, mm. and she's growing the good with her granddaughters. Um, she's not working out. She's working outside the home when she's at her 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 uh, son and daughter-in-law's houses, you know, (laughs) but um, (laughs) um, yeah, she's not drawing a paycheck, but but there are many (laughs) ways to be paid, right? Right. Um, And also in terms of neuroplasticity, you know, learning something new, positive social engagement, Mm -hmm. uh, some physical activity. um, These are all ways that we, that we grow. Um, those uh, pathways, like your 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 daily path, your day pathway. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, this is how we stay alive. Um, they they have done studies, and I do a lot of research, uh, and that watching the television, um, unless it's some sort of interactive experience, which usually it isn't. Mm. Uh, there's l- less brain activity watching television um, than there is staring at a wall. Yeah, Yeah, we are really going on, uh, you know, zero when, when, so you think about all the neural pathways that start to shrink up for people. Um, and you know, you don't have to be 65 for this to happen. Mm. Um, (laughs) Mm. you can be be 25 and, uh, we're going to start shutting down our neural pathways. If we stop engaging with others, if we stop learning something new, Mm. we stop moving our bodies. Uh, And also the other one is taking time to practice some form of mindfulness. And the Mm -hmm. good news about that is really the studies show any effort you make to focus on just one thing for an extended amount of time, whether it's one minute or one hour, taking the time to focus just on your breath um, Mm -hmm. is, uh, is actually grows Neuro, the, uh, gives your brain an opportunity to be healthier. Uh, mm. So yeah, I don't believe in going to sleep until where they say you can sleep when you're dead. Well, that's that's pretty much it. You Spot know, get enough sleep to take care of that body of ours and our minds. You know, it all is connected. All right. But when it comes to uh, living out, you know, making making our time here count, let's not fall asleep, folks. Um, so find a way that you can grow the good and uh, get to know, like ask people what they really need and want if you don't know, and then go about
0: seeing what you can do to give it to them. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Love it. The second thing that I wanted to cover there, you said that you notice um, a lot of coaches um, and and I'm sure this is probably the deal for entrepreneurs overall, but um, they spend a lot of time not actually being able to coach or do the thing that they want to do, the passion projects. Yeah. What do you usually see um, coaches focus on instead or, mm. you know, allow to distract them from what they actually want to do?
1: Yeah, that's that, that's a big, uh, big question. So what, what they're focusing on is what they can't do.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, what mm-hmm. they can't do.
1: You know, um, I don't have the time. To do that because i'm already working 50 hours a week i don't have uh a, and focusing on roadblocks just makes roadblocks uh, look all that much bigger um, so what you can do is you can focus on who you're here to serve and take a real lean startup approach where you really get to know that group do some research. Right, And find out all you can, like, who else is serving that group? And how are they doing it? Mm. And, uh, you know, what, what, how do you want to work with them? And yeah. what does your messaging need to be? What are the words they are using? What's their lexicon so that we're not making up stuff in our uh, silos, and then dropping it into the marketplace and going, why isn't that moving anywhere you know maybe we're using words that aren't showing up in keyword searches
0: right (laughs) right right definitely so definitely so uh what so you're about growing the good for a more conscious and caring world what does a more conscious and caring world look like to you
1: well, conscious has to do with and uh, fr- oh, first of all, I like to talk about Conscious Profit Institute. I and mean, your listeners may not realize that that's spelled P-R-O-F-I-T, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a play on words, okay? But uh, I'm really out to read. It. I have a good friend who's like, why, "Why do you have to use the word profit at all? You know, why do you have to be talking about profit when you're talking about consciousness?" And I go, "Well." I'm happy using the word profit because I'm out to redefine the meaning of the word profit mm. because uh, profit today is really taught in, in the context of competition. Mm. I'm going to make more profit than you're going to make because right. I'm going to compete the heck. Right. out yeah. Right. Uh A lot of conscious profit institutes, um, you know when i was conceptualing conceptualizing this idea of conscious profit institute i met with my friend jackie week after week after week and we'd have like three hour conversations and one day i i realized after all of the conversations we had had i said jackie it's like i drew one circle and i went well there's this like what does it take for the human paradigm to thrive mm. and then i drew a circle kind of overlapping and then what does it take for an organization to thrive mm. and then i drew this third circle and what does it take for the environment thrive to be healthy Mm. um and i I looked at that and i went oh we have this venn diagram here and then oh where they overlap that's the space of radical potential Mm. and um this is this is uh the challenge Uh, and and actually uh, i I've, i've thought of another term jackie and i came up with like when you look at that space of radical potential then up comes this phrase for me, now that we're human, mm. okay. So, because at first we were like, "Well, let's just model everything after what works in the environment, right?" Nature has all this wisdom to teach us, and right. I believe nature absolutely does. And we do absolutely. refer a lot to the environment because uh, in the environment, if you notice, competition is rare.
0: Mm. Mm. What expand, ex- com- ex- expand on that for some for someone yeah. for someone that that's not familiar with what you're saying Mm -hmm. right now what what do you Mm mean
1: most of life happens through cooperation and uh, networking right collaboration Mm -hmm. yeah collaboration yeah Mm
2: -hmm.
1: cooperation and collaboration so because competition is really really expensive (laughs) right um i went to a a a talk on sharks. I used to live on the coast in California, and, and we had a marine lab there. And this guy was a shark specialist, and he said uh, surfers are out there surfing all the time, and there will be this upwelling of of water around them, and and then it dissipates, and and they just kind of notice it and move on. What that is? That's a shark mm. moving to the surface. High speed and they get close enough and they go oh that's not a big fat seal like i thought it was and they and they uh and they swim off yeah so they're not even uh in nature you don't spend anything unless it's really going to be worth your calories um Mm. uh, and if you actually need the calories Mm. but we compete for competition's sake you know i i have respect for competition there's no sin behind that um but in terms of making things work, look for partnerships that you can form um, before you create a, a big company and then drop it in the middle of a community where they're going to suddenly have to build a bunch of roads and all that. Start by studying that community. What do they need? What do they want? What's got, you know, how can you do, do what you're doing, including being inclusive? It's another way of being inclusive.
2: Right.
1: Include others when you're creating something.
0: Yeah, I love that. How do, how do you measure and take inventory of the world and those you work with becoming more conscious? Uh, oh, because,
1: well, we can, it's simple. We look at what are the effects? Huh.
0: You know? uh, what are we
1: generating? Is it, is it value? Uh, um, okay. What I discovered is the story of the three sisters garden. Um, three sisters garden. Three sister's garden. Uh, the Hopi Indian are, are, Indians are well known for this. However, a lot of uh, indigenous folks around the planet have had some version of this. But they figured out, you know, corn is a big nitrogen feeder. and uh, so, But they figured out if they uh, planted the corn sister uh, next to the bean sister, that the bean sister, she has this incredible ability to draw nitrogen directly out of the air and distribute it right back through her roots. So the Hopi, they plant the corn and the beans together. Uh, but then also they discovered that if you put the squash sister in there too, she has those big, slightly prickly leaves and she uh, shelters the garden. She helps to sustain the garden by uh, keeping the sun from baking the soil and also uh, keeping some of the pests from coming in and digging it up, or even some of the insects are kept out because of her leaves. So that's, three sisters, a companion planting model that the Hopi used, I believe is the perfect um, model for creating a business and for creating a life. Mm.
2: You know,
1: what can you, what do you need to bring together in your life and in your business that's going to enliven you, replenish you and sustain you at the same time. We know it's possible.
0: You
1: mm. know, it's possible. Definitely Um, so. Definitely so. To the extent that people are doing that, uh, you you, the effects will be that it's that they are not burnt out, that they are um producing things of value. Also, true profit is 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 gain that doesn't take away from the essential needs of others.
0: Mm. True profit is gain that doesn't take away from the essential needs of others.
1: Yeah, if, if if I'm making a huge profit on something that's robbing people of fresh air to breathe, mm. that's greed. That's not profit.
0: Mm. Oh man, that's a word. That's not value. That's a word. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's
0: not. I love that, I, and I love that definition of profit. Um, I I I love that definition of profit. Now I need to get some sound effects. That that that's a word right there for sure. Uh, I know one of your key principles is cultivating awareness to help others transform from scarcity into abundance from your experience. Can you give us some practical steps for helping others transform from scarcity to abundance?
1: Yeah. Another, another one of my principles is prioritize learning, right? Yeah. Um, so to cultivate awareness, we have to always be prioritizing learning because that's our insurance policy against ignorance that can kill, Mm. (laughs) um, and uh, so that would be it. And also uh, another one of my principles is encourage cooperation mm-hmm. and, in, and also in other words, inspire respect. So mm-hmm. we really have to think about uh, all of these principles working together um, to move something forward. Uh, and I'm creating a program right now on uh, really the power of one of the principles, which is so fundamental for me, is exercising commitment
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because that's the one place, you know, we, I, I listen to podcasts that help me meditate and, you know, not be right. so attached to things. However, what I realized to exercise commitment, we have to be really attached to something that right. matters. Right. Yeah. Definitely this is a place to <laughs> leverage our attachment, you know, the proper way to use attachment <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> um, is being, uh, mm-hmm so committed that you can't just turn around and go, oh, never mind, I'll just mm-hmm. walk away. And my first experience of that um, is when I had my first re- retail business, uh, well, actually was that gallery um, back mm-hmm. in uh, 1980. I opened the gallery. Um, many of you were not even born, I realized <laughs> that in 1980. <laughs> but, um, After two years, we were having a huge recession. I mean, a really painful recession in our area. Um, And a lot of the main employers in town were laying off their uh, middle management. And, you know, with an art gallery and a custom framing shop, that's kind of like a nice to have but not a need to have business. Mm -hmm. So those are the folks with the expendable income who wanted what I had to sell and they were losing their jobs.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, So my landlord, Ed, he was quite great guy to work with i was very fortunate and he called me up and said hey ron i know your lease is coming to an end Um, if you want to go month to month for a while until things turn around you're welcome to do that and i went okay so i thought about that and then i found this quote by william h murray that was in a book from 1951 about an expedition and he's talking about commitment Mm. and he says in there uh, until one is committed uh, there is hesitancy the chance to draw back mm. always in effectiveness and mm. then he says when when once you are fully committed that's when providence moves to mm. all manner of unforeseen circumstances um, uh, material assistance and support come in come your way mm. so i found that quote between the time ed talked to me, called me that day, and the time that I called him back, and I thought, hmm, well, if that's true, then I need to do more than have a 30-day commitment on this business. Right. So I called it, and I, I made a commitment to, I said, can I? Can you write me up a three-year lease? <laughs> and so I can tell you, during those three years, Joe, I was like, I was just kidding. <laughs> 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 but I couldn't just walk out the door. Um, right. And at the end of those three years, because all the creativity that was brought to the fore, because, you know, um, mm. when, you, when you have a need, uh, you know, just stay in, to stay on the game, to keep making one play after another, no matter what the score is, right. all kinds of creative things happened. And I made mm. connections and partnerships that I didn't have. At the beginning of that three years and by the end of that three years my business is really thriving Mm. Um, so i think you know knowing what matters to you and then uh, going in far enough to where you can't just turn around and walk away from that commitment and really Mm. using the power of attachment in a positive way Mm. um, will move mountains for you and will bring to you all manner of unforeseen support i mean there were people that showed up at my doorstep there were 13th hour
0: miracles over and over again. So mm. I can't say enough about exercising commitment. Mm. I, I love the way that um, you put that. And I, I definitely think that it's, that's very important. I don't think we understand how being one foot in and one foot out is more yeah. detrimental than, than anything. <laughs> uh, and, and so I, I love you sharing that um, because it, it really, it really speaks to um, having to grow and transition and mature uh in in ways that can be uncomfortable for us when we're starting something that's new or something that's unknown um, right. but to exercise that commitment is is going to be you know um one of the greatest things that we could ever do. One of the greatest investments that we uh, could ever make being consistent and persistent in our greatest potential with whatever it is that we're doing. I definitely love sharing that. I I wanted to um, ask you, uh, how much would you say the ability of a business to grow is directly correlated to whether the owner thinks with a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset?
1: Yeah. um, Well, You know, scarcity uh, is um, uh, what that does when I think I don't have enough of something that activates the back part of my brain, Mm. you know, that that reptilian part of the brain that uh, served us well when we were, you know, running away from dinosaurs and, um, you know, but in modern society, you know, to be dropping, freezing, running, uh, fleeing, or fighting, uh, are not the most useful responses, especially when it comes to growing a business. Mm. So <laughs> we need to get out in the front of our brain where we're all the creativity and, and there's some healthy logic, but I, I don't believe in logic alone, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, creativity. Um, right. So if... We are limiting. If we have a belief system that everything is l- limited, and uh, and and believe me, I don't talk from an ivory tower here. Um, I have had my moments where I'm clinching, I'm um, going ah, you know, really worried, and then I have to remember um, the twenty-third psalm that says, "He maketh me to lie down in green pastures," mm. uh, and uh, you know, it's not meant to be a temporary demonstration. Um, mm. And the whole point of that, it's, these are ideals, that kind of, that mindset is an ideal to aim for. That's um, about raising our consciousness from the level of the problem, which is the fear, to the level of the solution, um, which is, you know, raising our level of consciousness to, uh, see, uh, to see the way forward, to see, to have that powerful vision. Like my, my vision right now is a thousand faculty members, how mm. I'm going to get there. I don't need to know that. I, right. I, I, you know, I'll figure that out and I'll be shown that, and there will be, my commitment will drive that. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, I need to keep my eyes on the prize. I mean, that, that's an old saying, right? Keep right. your eyes on the prize But uh, how, how to do that, um, uh, is, is, can be, I, I I personally have tripped over my own feet at times and just make things so complicated when they don't
0: need to be. Right. When, Same here.
1: When you're driving a car, Joe, you just look straight ahead and <laughs> keep your eyes on the road and you don't have to think about accelerating and braking and turning the wheel. You just do.
0: Right. Um, Definitely so. Definitely so. Uh, um, you know, so you've said a lot today that um, I, I know I will be using and i'm certain my listeners can use one of the things that um you shared as one of your key values is prioritizing learning and um you've shared you know going through the recession that you did in in 1980 and and signing a three-year lease to where you just had to be committed and stick it out and as a result some great things came from that and i'm certain you have faced you know um, adversity trials and tribulations since then up until, or, you know, since then and now, and, um, with that being the case, um, I'm aware that you have learned, been a learner this entire time. So my question is what have you used to discern who you should learn from and who you shouldn't. Uh,
1: stick with the winners. Stick with the winners. Yeah. Look for the people that have what you want. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, And it might be uh, their spirit. You're like, ah, I want more of that kind of spirit, that kind of energy, that kind of outlook uh, toward life. Right. Um, They don't have to have necessarily your, um, you know, the the skills and knowledge that you need for your specific business. Right. Uh, But it could be that they just have the spirit that like, I want to hitch my wagon to that star.
0: Right. It's like fine. It's like finding what they have in the area that you want it in. So, right. Like Mm -hmm. one person might have that spirit you want. Okay. I'm going to tap into that one person might have that business you want. Okay. I'm going to tap into that one type of deal
1: exactly Uh, there's a great book out there by tom rath he wrote a book it's called um, vital friends the friends you can't afford to be without Mm. and uh, what he does there is he um, they studied a gallup poll question on do you consider yourself to have a best friend at work and they got looking a lot closer what do you mean by best friend well for some people the best friends are not those companions that you could call at three in the morning but their best friend might be a connector Mm. and and you know the connectors right joe like when if you're flying around, going to your speaking engagements, right. and you say you're going to be in Cincinnati, and your friends will be like, "Whoa, you're going to Cincinnati, right? If you're in Cincinnati. You need to give these folks a call because right. they would love to take you to the best dinner spot in Cincinnati, you're right? You know these people. Right. They just Definitely. know everything. They all and they and when they care about somebody, they want to connect you, right? So we all have those connectors uh, in life and those champions. Mm. So make sure you're appreciating them out loud and say, you know, Joe, I so appreciated um, you championing my work in the world by having me on your podcast today. Mm. I bet you're going to love hearing that because I know that you are up to championing people and you love connecting people. So if you recognize people for for having those qualities in your life and Mm -hmm. then also let them know what you're up to, Mm, right? Social, the human network scales through putting the right information in the right people's hands at the right time. Mm. Uh, You will, you will get what you need and want. You can rely on that more than you can rely on indeed.com. Nothing against (laughs) indeed.com, but the human network still outweighs the power of any platform.
0: Definitely say that again. Um, The right information in the right person's hands at the right right time. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know when someone is the right person to put that information in their hands Mm -hmm. and it's the right time?
1: Yeah, well, let's say I work with a lot of folks in career transition. So the right time is pretty much right now. (laughs) (laughs) And especially when they have their new resume and their LinkedIn profile and their cover letter template all ready to to go on an active job search. Um, The right people are those people who have connected them and championed them in the past. Because mm-hmm. those people care about them and they're going to do it again. Just give yeah. them that new give them that resume give them the link to their profile in there and uh, and say you know this is what I'm up to first of all acknowledge and recognize them for what they've done for you in the past and then tell them what you're up to today and they'll take it and run with it mm-hmm. um, so those are the right people that's the right time and the right information uh,
0: you create by having the your resume together and your LinkedIn profile. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, Ron, I want to say thank you for joining me today. If you don't mind, can you please share with my audience where they can connect with you? Absolutely. You
1: can reach me at ron at conscious profit com.
0: Thank you. uh, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh no. And you can also reach me at rgcoachingservices.com. So one is Uh, Conscious Profit Institute, and the other is my site for, uh, you know, being uh, a
0: faculty member myself and growing the good, so. Mm, Beautiful. Um, Final question. Uh, If you had two minutes to um, give the entire world a principle or a message, um, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I I once read that there's a a Native American saying that, uh, don't remember that both wings belong to the same bird. Mm. Don't
0: yeah. remember that both.
1: Uh, oh, actually, always, do always remember that both wings belong to the same bird.
0: Always uh, remember that both wings belong to the same bird.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what I mean by that is uh, the most important thing that uh, uh, we need to consider as a species uh, mm-hmm. is that we have a paper-thin biosphere that we live in. Mm. out in the middle of a lot of darkness. (laughs) Um, And uh, if we don't realize that we're all connected uh, Mm. to that, you know, Mm. that we are all uh, feathers on that one bird, Mm. um, we're going to be doing all kinds of destruction. Mm. uh, And we're going to gain a lot more through cooperation and collaboration than we're going to gain through Competition. Uh, competition is for entertainment, perhaps. Competition maybe is good for weeding out, um, you know, bad things in the environment. But uh, it's not going to be what gets us to the place where our, our young generation now has a planet that is is able to be lived on, and also where they want or a place that they want to live. Mm. Uh, so that would be my number one message is uh,
0: mm, look for ways to inspire respect and encourage cooperation. Beautiful. Well said, Ron, thank you again for joining me today on Daily Path podcast. Thank and you, Joe. Great being Joe, here. You're welcome. And to my listeners. Um, I hope you make the decision to use something you learned today because I know you learned something. So make the decision to use something that you learned today in your daily path. Until next time, have a blessed day. I want to be unique. Got more than my kid I could teach. I want you to hear when I speak. I want to free people imprisoned by stigmas and popular common beliefs. Don't want you to think. I want you to feel. Look down inside you and tell me what's real. If you're unsure, then you're uncured. We only get one life, man. It's a big deal. Do you love what you do? Hey, I wanted to jump on here really fast and say thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you got something from the message that you can use in your life. If you are a mission-driven individual who wants to share your message and change lives, then I'd love to show you how building a podcast can help you do that. Please visit joewintersjr.com to book a free discovery call with me so I can help you out. If you are an organization looking to bring me in to speak with your team or at your next event, you can book me by visiting my website, joewentzersjr.com, and scheduling a free discovery call so we can talk about your expectations and what you want from me. I'd really love to serve you. Have a blessed day.